Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 25 of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. Now, in last week's episode, we talked about some of the rather fun events that professional baseball players from around the world, well, for the most part, get to participate in. We talked about baseball in the World Baseball Classic, as well as baseball in the Olympics. Now, during that discussion, I brought up a sport called Pasaplo, which is a Finnish variant of baseball. Now, this simple baseball-like game gave me a pretty good idea. So, today, we're going to take a deep dive into the various other, well, variations of the sport of baseball, some of which were inspired by the sport of baseball, and some of which might have inspired baseball to become the sport that it is today. To start this podcast, we have to bring up the idea of just bat and ball games. Now, it's impossible to be sure of the exact dates that some of these sports were played in, as the origin of baseball itself is, I mean, impossible to find. But you see, different variations of bat and ball games have been tossed around for a few hundred years. Now, most of the time, these games were folk games, games played by working class citizens, as well as peasants and children and so on and so forth. A kind of weird part about it too is that a lot of the time when these games were being played, they were mostly associated with religious ceremonies and worship rituals. Although, I can't really imagine that it stayed that way for very long. Could you imagine the competition that would come up with that kind of thing? (laughs) Now, sometime in the 18th century in England, a game called Rounders started to form as one of the very first primitive versions of baseball. One huge difference between Rounders and baseball is the bats. You see, Rounders bats tend to be around 18 inches shorter than a baseball bat and are usually swung with one hand, even though you can still use two hands, but for the most part, swung with one hand instead of the two hands that you would need to use in order to swing a baseball bat. The bats are usually made out of the same material of a baseball bat. However, some early rounders bats had a pretty thick layer of animal skin going around it. Rounders balls are made of leather and occasionally plastic if you're playing it inside, and have a cork or hollow center depending on the type of ball. Now, another crazy part about rounders is that there are no strikes and there are no balls. You get one pitch and you run whether you hit it or you don't. You see, you get points by making a complete circuit, as they call it. You run around the bases counterclockwise as you would in baseball, running from first, second, third, and then home. If you can complete this entire circuit before you're out, which can happen in a lot of similar ways as it does in baseball, then you get a point. Also, it's important to mention that you can stay at any base you like, well, besides home, if you want to wait for one of your other eight teammates for their chance at the plate. The field is square and is about 77 yards by 77 yards in size. The bases are 25 yards apart in Ireland, or 13 yards apart in England. As far as a team goes, a rounder squad can comprise of as little as 6 players and as much as 15 players, but is regularly composed of 9 fielders on a field at one time. 
There's the bowler, the catcher, four post fielders, and then three deep fielders scattered all across the field. And when I say scattered all across the field, I mean that the positioning isn't really what it's like in baseball. No gaps of the field are really filled by any of the players. So, like the kind of second base area that a second baseman would play in baseball, there's no one there. Same with the shortstop side. It really just goes straight to the deep fielders at that point. Each post fielder has to stay by the bag, making the deep fielders really just the most important part of the field, if you really think about it, when the ball is hit into play. Other than that, though, the game is pretty similar to baseball. I mean, it's very easy to tell that rounders could have played a pretty big part in the inspiration behind baseball in the first place. Another similar sport to baseball comes in the form of softball, which is probably the most similar sport and definitely the most popular one that we'll talk about all episode. Baseball and softball, as far as origins go at least, started pretty close to the same time. The first organized professional baseball team, the Cincinnati Red Stockings, started all the way back in 1869, while the first recorded amateur softball association was formed in 1933, and that association was basically formed just in order to help create rules that could be used for this new sport of softball. The origin of softball is honestly a kind of weird one. Actually, no, a very weird one. According to a good amount of sources online, actually, the first real game of softball was played with a broom handle and a boxing glove. Right after a football game ended between Harvard and Yale on Thanksgiving in 1887. You see, apparently, a Yale student lofted a boxing glove at a Harvard student after the game had finished. The Harvard student then batted it away with a broom handle. And they started playing that a little bit here and there, and it eventually formed into an entire game. By 1913, the sport had gained more solid rules and was officially accepted as a sport by the Minneapolis Park Board, leading up to the formation of the Amateur Softball Association. It's really weird to think that softball, you know, according to these sources, was formed literally by playing, I guess, a variation of baseball with a boxing glove. I mean, I guess it makes sense, you know, why they would call it softball in the first place. Softball is basically exactly the same as baseball, besides a few differences here and there. For starters, the bats are usually shorter and thinner and therefore lighter. The balls are quite a bit bigger, and the fields, including the distance between bases, are smaller. Softball bases are only 60 feet from each other instead of 90, and the fences are usually placed around 220 feet-ish from home plate opposed to the 300-400-foot fences that you see in baseball. Another thing that some people might not realize is that softball is only played for seven innings, but can also go into extra innings just like baseball can. Other than that, though, the way you score, the way you get outs, the positioning on the field, and really just about everything else follows a pretty similar suit with baseball. Another kind of interesting one comes in the form of stickball. Now, stickball is another game that originated pretty directly from baseball, 
and really just ball and bag games in general. I mean, stickball is kind of the definition of bat and ball games, as you will soon find out. The only real difference between stickball and baseball is instead of playing baseball on a huge field with plenty of room and all of that, stickball is usually played in the streets, in alleyways, backyards, against buildings, and that kind of thing as well. One huge difference in stickball comes from this idea that the dimensions of the field, and I guess therefore the rules, change from place to place. Depending on where you play stickball, you'll have to figure out what part of the building is a home run, which wall is a base hit, and which wall is a foul ball, and so on and so forth. There are less strict and formal rules when it comes to the game. I mean, usually if the ball is popped up and a fielder catches it, the hitter's out. But if you hit a ball that hits way up high on a building, I mean, it could be called a home run. It just kind of depends. It's a really creative take on using the most out of your environment in the name of the sport. As far as equipment goes, however, there's often no bases and really no running involved. It might just be something as simple as, okay, the ball hit this part of the building, so you get a double, and you now have a runner at second base. And then the next person that comes up is trying to hit in that invisible runner that's currently standing on second base. Stickball is one of those games that I can imagine almost all kids growing up probably played, or at least had some version of it. It's a very easy and simple game that you could spend hours and hours on. And actually, many of the greatest baseball players ever played stickball when they were kids. I mean, guys like Babe Ruth and Willie Mays, who would occasionally stop by parks to play stickball on his way to the stadium. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine being a kid, playing a game of stickball with your friends, and then have Willie Mays, who was, at the time, in the major leagues, show up and really just show you how it's done? <laughs> I mean, talk about an unbelievable experience. Also, if you've never seen the picture of the Say Hey Kid playing stickball, it's definitely something that you should look up. Just saying. Sure, there are plenty of other games like stickball that are loosely related to, but formed directly from the sport of baseball. I mean, look at wiffle ball, for example. Created in 1953 by David N. Milani, wiffle ball was formed out of plastic in order to make the sport more recreational. T-ball gave youngsters a chance to learn how to swing a bat and prepare them for baseball and softball when they got older. There are some other ones, however, that have an extremely similar concept as baseball in this general idea that we've discussed about, about bat and ball games. But it's really nothing like it. And for that, I mean cricket. Now, I had to do way more research on this particular part of the podcast. And frankly, I feel that I only really have a general understanding of how cricket is played. So if I get something wrong, yeah. So if I get something wrong here, I sincerely apologize. From what I got from it, the bowler bowls a ball from one end of the pitch towards the wickets on the other side of the pitch, where the hitter is standing. From there, it's the hitter's job to take that pitch and drive it anywhere around them. There are no foul balls in the game of cricket. Now, there are no foul balls in the game of cricket, 
So you could theoretically hit a ball directly behind you and it'd be fair. When you do hit it, instead of running a set of bases, the batter just runs back and forth between the two wickets until one of the fielder either catches the ball in the air or hits the wickets with the ball, knocking off the bales sitting on top of the wickets. Now, the scoring is even more confusing. You see, batters rack up points by running between the wickets. However, when it comes to the overall score, it shows the number of runs scored by the team and the number of wickets taken from the opposing team. So, let's say that your team scored 100 runs in a game, but your opponent hit your wickets six times, meaning you've lost that wicket six times, then your overall score for that game is 100-6, to six, or like 100-6 is like how you would write it out. Some of the time, cricket matches can last around three hours with single innings of 20 overs, which is basically a fancy term for six legal bowls from the pitcher. However, there are test matches as well, ones that can take up to five days to decide. This form and length of cricket is often referred to as the highest standard when it comes to the sport, and it's the most common example as played in international competitions. They call it a test match because it's literally a test on the players. I mean, could you imagine how physically and mentally demanding such a match could be? Test matches last four innings instead of just one, and in one instance, can last nine days, like it did in a match between South Africa and England in 1939. After the game was played, it was given possibly one of the coolest nicknames I think any sporting event could ever be. It was called the Timeless Test, <laughs> and it had 680 overs bold, which I crunched the numbers and I think that would have been around 4,080 bowls, like straight from the pitcher. And that's not including any of the illegal ones. So, you know, add maybe another 1,000, 2,000 bowls to that game. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Cricket is played with 11 players on each side. 11 players who really are the definition of endurance and really ability based on these conditions. And baseball is the one that's always getting flacked for how long it takes. So as you can see, baseball really is just another bat and ball sort of game. It's both played a hand and in the inspiration behind many sports we hold true to ourselves all over the world, as well as just taking parts from variations that came before it. But that got me thinking. I mean, did rounders really play the biggest role in the creation of baseball? Or did baseball just borrow a few things from it? Is there another game that I might have missed in my research that may have even formed into baseball just further down the line? So next week's episode, we're going to talk about the real story behind baseball. You see, baseball's origins have a long history, one that is often confused and shaped differently between historians and fans. But next week, we're going to do our best to find out how baseball really began and talk about the reality of Colorado's part in the creation of baseball, as well as the Doubleday theory. I've got a lot of research to do, but until then, thank you for listening.